0: Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. But I'd also say that uh, all the OU fans that are there, maybe about 95% of them didn't go to college at OU, but 100% of the OSU fans that are in my town, all of them went to OSU. So we have a little, we're a little bit more loyal and true at our fan base here, but you know, they're just a bunch of bandwagoners for sure. Oh boy, that's the audio clip that's been making the rounds today. And OU fans, uh, yeah, as you could guess, are not fans of it. That's Dalton Cooper, Oklahoma State offensive lineman, and boy, it's a. Uh, it's Bedlam Week, isn't it? Here we are on Wednesday, and we're fighting back and forth on the internet of uh, what qualifies you to be a fan of one school or the other. And oh, OU fans have uh, found the receipts that uh, Dalton Cooper was indeed once uh, an Oklahoma fan, a big Oklahoma fan, and they're letting him know about it. Travis Davidson, it's uh, it's been quite the afternoon thus far. Thanks to Dalton. Oh,
1: oh my gosh, it it has been quite the afternoon. And I I tell you what, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad we're uh, we're here on radio because I would have just been laughing for the next three hours just scrolling through Twitter and, uh, you know, I'll do something productive instead and hang out with you for three hours. But, man, the receipts, man, do not cross OU Twitter. They will find out. They will find out. The Twitter sleuths of Oklahoma got to them. I mean – he had some classics in there. and, and <laughs> Even and, their color, Tyler, man.
0: They're most proud of, like, their color, like their school colors. And he even right, dogged and, that one. Ooh, that's tough. That's tough to come back yep. from.
1: He said on April 14th, 2018, my sister's birthday, mind you, just saying, orange is easily the worst color, Tyler. <laughs> I mean, this is this is fantastic. I mean, it's got him it's got him retweeting stuff that's retweet uh. if you are an OU fan like if you're an OSU fan it's got him in OU shirts you know OU sugar bowl shirts i mean look the point itself tyler is is an interesting point itself cuz we could break that down the idea that OSU fans want to brag that they don't have the national appeal that Oklahoma does and that they have not been good enough to warrant having bandwagon fans as a football program is already a weird flex in and of itself. But when you have the guy who is an Oklahoma bandwagon fan saying it, oh, yikes.
0: Yeah, as a former OU quarterback Noah Allen pointed out today on uh, Twitter, it is not the flex that they think it is. And it's the first thing that they usually spout off when talking trash to OU fans, and it just... Never really ends all, all that well because uh, it's not it's not really a flex at all to say yeah yeah we are we we have uh, by far and away the smallest fan base in in this state. Though, well, Gun- though Gundy did say it's forty five and forty five earlier this week. That's the the fan split in the state.
1: Yeah, weird. Um, but it's it's the very same argument, Tyler, that Texas fans make when they try and say, well. You wouldn't even have a roster if it weren't for the state of Texas. You guys field a bunch of Texas kids. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I would flex that a bunch of Texas kids decided to leave the state of Texas, leave their homes uh, in order to come play for Oklahoma. Like, Both of those, Tyler, does Oklahoma have a dumb flex that we use that is on the level of, well, at least we don't have bandwagon fans from OSU, or, well, you've got a bunch of Texas kids on your roster from Texas fans? Like, do we have one that our fan base uses?
0: Some don't love when you're playing uh, UCF at home and they show you on the Jumbotron and you throw the horns down. I I don't know if that counts as a weird flex or not, but that's, that's what immediately came to mind for me.
1: Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, But, yeah, I mean, put this one in the Hall of Fame, right? I mean, I've not seen a dude bullied by OU Twitter this badly since Breckenhager.
0: Oh, man, another player? I think I agree with that one. And the last time that happened... The man deleted his Twitter account, so we'll see if... Dalton Cooper should have deleted his Twitter account last night. That's what he should have should done. Should have deleted some tweets. Or Good just, just scrub the account. He, he also said this about a month ago, uh, which I found earlier today. Here's Dalton Cooper talking about his recruiting process coming out of Prague, Oklahoma. I, I grew up in Oklahoma, like an Oklahoma fan, like both, both teams, you know, like... I didn't want to see just anything but Texas teams winning. I did not want any Texas teams winning. That was any of them. But, I mean, whoever, you know. They actually, uh, after I committed to Oklahoma State, uh, Coach Venables followed me on Twitter. And I was like, a little late for that, buddy, you know. I'm already I'm already here, so I'm trying to pull a little late recruit, but we're good now. I'm where I want to be, so. Uh, a lot there. A lot there, Dalton. First, he says he's a fan of just Oklahoma, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in general. Well, I mean, he did take the uh, jab there at the school colors for Oklahoma State, which is a, a sin up there, right? They make you give yeah. back your uh, letter jacket for that one. And he hated the Texas schools. Where Guess where he went to play college ball after he graduated high school? Texas State.
1: Uh, Texas State. <laughs> Weird. This kid, uh, I don't think this kid knows that you're able to record these kind of things.
0: Yeah, I uh, if it's out there, I'll find it one way or the other. <laughs> so OU fans I, went digging for receipts on uh, on his Twitter page. I, I found it on uh, old audio clips.
1: Yeah, I mean, I dig the you know the loyalty. The hey, you know, too late for that, buddy. Well, he followed you on Twitter, man. Like, did he did he get offered? Because he, here is how I know. I think that if he gets offered to Oklahoma. Based on his Twitter history and his OU fandom, I'm thinking he flips. So I know he's doing what he's supposed to do and kind of yuck it up to his base and say, well, you know, too late, old Brent Venables. Ha, ha, ha. I'm now a, a cowboy. But I don't know. Not, not when you have the receipts like OU does. Uh, That's not, the difference.
0: 918 says, Dalton Cooper can blank my blank. My associate's degree is from OSU. My heart bleeds red. Nick says he obviously isn't that intelligent. He goes to OSU and then talks about a majority of OU fans are bandwagon fans. Wow, bravo! So, yeah, not a not a whole lot of people a, a fan of this today. And uh, we'll 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 get to as many submissions as we can, as always. But uh, what, what's the Wednesday feel? What's the mid, what's the midweek feel from uh, from you in the text line? Where, where are you at right now on this game?
1: Well, with me, Tyler, it's pretty simple. Stop Ollie Gordon you win the football game like it 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 seems really simple because you know early on when Oklahoma State was struggling it seemed like Ollie Gordon wasn't getting the carries I'm pretty sure he had what 13 19 carries through three games something like that now that that seems like criminal right well now that he's gotten carries their team is playing very well so it's it doesn't take you know a doctor a, 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 a you know astrophysicists to figure out what they do they hand the ball to Ollie Gordon and when that's not working they're not good so simple as that you just hope that you get healthy in the right spots you hope that Danny Studsman's ready to go um, back healthy you hope that Gentry Williams can go keep in mind he's so good at tackling on those edges uh, and getting off a block so I think a lot of this just comes down to OU's health because I think that if you give Brent Venables enough time to prepare for just one guy which I think he can do for the most part I like our chances
0: My midweek feel is a little difficult because I don't know what the game plan offensively is going to be and how aggressive they're going to be against that Oklahoma State secondary. Like, if I knew the answer to that, I could... Get in a place to and, and I do think that they 've got to be more aggressive than what they were last week, right they They know what happened a week ago, the weather 's a lot better than what it was a week ago so if I had to say one week or one way or the other, I, I guess my midweek feel is still confident because i 'm very hopeful that they are aggressive against OSU's defense they 've just got to be man
1: well here 's the thing what remember the last time that levy was really just torn apart for his play calling. Wasn't it SMU? Oh, I think it was SMU because the next game we played Tulsa.
0: Yes, that's correct. And
1: we threw more deep balls than I mean Mike Leach would. And it was it it was interesting because it's like, okay, let's let let's pile on Levy, pile on Levy. And then the next week he came out and everybody's looking at each other like, Yes, finally, downfield. And all they did was throw the ball downfield. So Tyler, here's my um, wishful thinking is we see a similar follow-up, right? Everybody complains that Levy's not throwing the ball downfield, and he says, oh, you want me to throw it downfield? Okay, here we go. Dylan, all we're going to do is throw the ball downfield.
0: Well, not only did he throw the ball downfield, you know who he seemingly threw the ball to the most that game and who had his breakout game? number 4 Nick Anderson when
1: Mr. Anderson
0: Yeah so the last time he was criticized this much was the SMU game as you pointed out against Tulsa it was bombs away and it was bombs away to Nick Anderson and he had three touchdowns against TU so let's let's see that early and often again like early and downs taking some uh chances down the field because I looked at some numbers today and I don't know like what I'll read you the numbers after you tell me what you think but like what's just your overall impressions of the OSU defense and how good they are like middle of the road in the conference back half of the conference like where do you stand with the OSU defense
1: I think that they've got some talent on the inside of their defense literally like if you draw a thick line from like the guards and just draw it straight back into the OSU defense. I think you pretty much hit all of their best players, right? Um, With Kendall Daniels and Nick Martin and these guys. And then on the edges, it feels not too good. So, I don't know. I'd say they're about probably statistically middle of the road, maybe – Maybe back half?
0: Yeah. well, I mean, they
1: got th- 33 put on them by South Alabama. Can't help.
0: Well, th- but th- these are just Big 12 only stats. So this is taking the oh, South okay. Alabama Probably game of the pack. out of the equation. They are exactly like middle of the pack rush defense. They're number seven in the conference in Big 12 play. They're giving up uh, 177 yards per game in conference. That's against the run. Against the pass, they're giving up 264 yards per game. That's 12th Ooh. in the conference. Yeah, and then when it comes to sacks, they are uh, 11th in the conference with just eight sacks this year. So they don't do a great job of getting to the quarterback. Quarterbacks have had time in the pocket to get the ball downfield, and coverage-wise, they haven't been great, and stopping the run, they've been middle of the pack. So this is a prime spot to get aggressive and put up some points, man.
1: So they've had... Let me hear that correctly. They only have eight sacks on the year as a defense?
0: In in conference play, yes. Okay. Five conference I told, games.
1: I was told they'd be better off without Trace Ford. Hmm. Which, yeah, it's not which, working which, which specifically those numbers would suggest otherwise. But, hey, you know, whatever.
0: It is what it is. Seventh against the run, 12th against the pass, 11th in getting to the quarterback. Throw the ball down the field. You should be able to run the ball, but throw the ball down the field as well. OU, by the way, uh, in conference play, number six against the run, number nine against the pass, and uh, number one in getting to the quarterback with twelve sacks this year. So I think OU's a little bit better than uh, mid-level in the conference, at least I think defensively. But some of these numbers recently against UCF and KU and even Texas hasn't uh, hasn't been great. So far, uh, these, these past three games.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, even you know, a lot of that, Tyler, and I got into this discussion the other day. I mean, you can, you can look at stats all kinds of different ways. But um, a lot of that I feel, especially on the scoring side, man, it's, it's special teams, man. they just got to be better, right? Texas, we get the punt blocked for a touchdown, and then punting is pretty bad the rest of the day. We miss, obviously, the big kick everybody remembers. You know, next game. We're punting well, but missing a lot of kicks, right? And then, obviously, against Kansas, you know, the defense or the offense gives up a touchdown. And then Marcus Stripling fumbles the ball, gives him a short field. You know, we have one bad punt. We had another punt that was supposed to be a pooch punt run into the end zone on, on the biggest drive of the game. So a lot of that, Tyler, I think, can be shored up, especially over his last three games. Or maybe they can at least be attributed to special teams' woes, and we got to get those fixed.
0: Um, This (laughs) this text made me laugh from the 918. It sucks that we have to emotionally and mentally abuse Jeff Lebby for him to be good at his job. (laughs) So the time before the SMU game that he caught a uh, ton of criticism was the Bedlam game last year. They came out, well, at least early in the Tech game, they were throwing the ball down the field and, and did some nice things. So positive spin, silver lining. Jeff Lebby has seemingly responded the past year and a half after a bad game. I don't know. I'm looking for anything at this point.
1: Hey, I'll take it, man. I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. It's, it shouldn't be that way. Sure. But you know what else? You know what it reminds me of, Tyler? The conversation that we have about Savion Bird very often. It's, I don't know, at the start of the game, you know, maybe he's not locked in, but then somebody smacks him around and says, hey, you know what, you know, the uh, – the guy across the line here, this defensive tackle, uh, called you soft, called you a bum, called you this, and then all of a sudden he turns it on. I mean, maybe Jeff Levy, maybe he just needs a little bit of hate, you know. And, and Tyler, if we if if we come out and just light up the scoreboard on Saturday, can we have, like, a Jeff Levy negativity hour on Fridays? Yes, we can. All season, next season? I'll have it all and week, just, man. Just to bully him into uh, trying to prove us wrong? And we say – well, I know you put up 70 this week, Jeff, but I didn't like the way you did it. I bet you can't do it again. Yeah.
0: Well, what was that 12-yard gain on second and one? Championship team <laughs> goes down and scores on that play. What, what are we doing there?
1: Right. Throw the hey, ball over if, the top. If we have to bully Jeff Levy into calling, you know, elite games, we'll do it.
0: We'll do it. Yeah. Well, anything for the program, right? That's what anything, we're all about. Yeah. That's in the text Program line. guys. Anything for the program. 405-651-3439 is the Meyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to your text, and when we come back, which player, which staffer on OU sideline, who is the who ranks number one in importance for OU to win this game on Saturday? We'll, uh, we'll look at that coming up next right here on The Ref. Bleed Crimson? Love great Sooner Talk? Join the Ref Army by downloading our free app. Toby and TJ, Plank and Josh, Steelman and Thune, and Teddy and Tyler. We have the Sooner experts. The ref is home to Sooner fans worldwide.
1: Introducing the Oklahoma Breast Center,
0: a beacon of hope in the fight against breast cancer. With the guidance of Dr. Denise Rabel, our team of breast cancer specialists delivers the most advanced treatments for your best possible outcome. From diagnosis to survivorship, we guide you every step of the way, placing an emphasis on compassion, communication, and emotional support. Here, you're not just a patient, you're family. Let us stand with you on your journey to healing. To learn more, visit OklahomaBreastCenter.com or call
1: 405-307-2623.
0: For over 37 years, Bob Maupin has been providing roofing and construction services in Oklahoma for residential and commercial clients. Maupin Roofing and Construction is a locally owned family business. They do work right the first time. Moppen Roofing has insurance specialists to work with your insurance.
1: Elevating our economy.
0: It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Keep the text coming on the Meyer Chevrolet text line. 405-651-3439. Dave from Mizzou says, I'm calling it for Bedlam. No jet sweeps, no bubble screens, and no run game. Levy is going to throw it 200 times. DG's arm is going to fall off. <laughs> How do you feel about the game on Saturday if Levy uh, is going to throw it 200 times? OU's going to run 200 plays. I guess that means they're going to score upwards of 100 points.
1: I, I just feel sorry for the defense. <laughs> Man. <laughs> That's got to get out there. Um, yeah, we'll see. There were some games last year where we were going so fast it felt like we were going to run 200 plays. So, um, yeah, I, I'm okay with just uh, let's keep it at about 75 plays, just 75 really, really good
0: ones. How about that? Cherokee Sooner says if I see one jet sweep Saturday, I will jump off the stadium. So no pressure there, Jeff Levy, But uh, – at least one person is going to jump off the stadium, apparently, if you call any jet sweeps on Saturday. I'm, I'm going to guess that they know that, um, or maybe they're finally realizing that, yeah, this is not working, people hate it, you know, whatever. I, I'm, I'm putting the official jet sweep over-under at 0.5, and I am boldly taking the under on that, just because I'm hoping that that's what the case is. You taking the over oh, or the at- under on the jet sweep?
1: I'm taking the over cuz cuz here's what I think's going to happen. Can't help himself. Well, what I think's going to happen is I I think I think we're going to run it and I think it's going to work and I think Levy's going to go in the post game and be like, "Yeah, I think the tide really turned uh whenever <laughs> we ran that jet sweep uh, and it got loose." That's that's what I feel like is 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 likely to happen. So, put me at the over. If you set it at 0.5 for jet sweeps.
0: Kyle from Chikache says, I'm not a Levy or Gabriel hater. I actually really like them a lot. That being said, I do think their roles are the most important for us to win. We used to win these games without a formidable defense. Now we have a defense that keeps us in the game. Even against Kansas, they gave us a chance. It's up to our offense to take advantage of certain situations to either win or put the game away. Hashtag boomer. Um, so I, and that's what I tease going into the segment is, you know, who's the most important figure for OU in this game. And I actually ended up writing down the three most important figures in this game. I put Jeff Lebby at one, I put Dylan Gabriel at two, and I actually put Jaron Kanick at three, given what Oklahoma state does well. And, the fact that, you know, Canick wasn't fantastic last game. What do you think about that three? Three most important figures in this game for OU. Levy, Dylan Gabriel, and Jaron Canick.
1: Yeah. I mean, Levy and Dylan Gabriel. Those seems, two I feel good
0: about. Three yeah, you can interchange slightly, a lot of players or figures there. Yeah,
1: it really comes down to that three, right? And it's, I think mine's conditional. It's if Danny Stutzman can't go then I feel comfortable about saying Kip Lewis, because I think Kip Lewis is going to get a lot of playing time. I agree with that. Um, and, and I think his – so, like, the emotional leader on the defense then becomes like Key Lawrence, who does a lot of the communication when Stutzman goes out, because Kip just hasn't been in there all that often. But I think if Stutzman goes out, I think Kip Lewis's performance um, becomes paramount immediately.
0: Nick Anderson would be uh, on my top three list as a texture in the nine one eight, and I-, I can make an argument for Nick Anderson that he's one of the three most important figures in this game. And if that's right, if it's Lebby, DG, and Nick Anderson, then it just kind of shows you a little bit uh, where we're at with the offense at this point and how much better they need to be. I don't know if you would consider him for your number yeah. three or not, but he could be big in this game.
1: Well, it's tough because I don't – I really don't want to do all three on the offensive side, right? Not with
0: Ollie Gordon on the other side. Not with – yeah.
1: When you've got a, you know, who some are calling the best running back in the country, and and when they're calling him that, they're not getting a lot of people calling him idiots. Um, I think you got to – I think the importance defensively can't be understated. So, yeah, that's my only problem. I think Nick Anderson could have a big game. I think there were times against Kansas where – you know, good things happen when you throw them the ball. Maybe throw them the ball a little bit more. But, again, I don't want to, in my proverbial budget of three, you know, three players or three people, I'm, uh, i am i got to go defense on one of them. Who's,
0: who's number one for you, Levy or DG?
1: Um, Man, they, since they go hand-in-hand, hand, it's a little bit tough. But um, I'm going to go DG because, you know, even if Levy you know, Levy's not going to call stuff that – When run appropriately and executed to the highest level, is just going to be just going to not work, like simply not work. So, Dylan has some responsibility in the in in the uh, in the play calling as you know the RPO type stuff. His decision making is going to be key, and I think he's going to matter so much. Just like I said last week in the quarterback run game, right? I mean, this offense does really good things when Dylan Gabriel uses his legs we saw it last week where he rushed for three touchdowns we saw it against texas where he led the team in rushing and had his best performance probably of his career like that's how it's got to go and tyler you and i said earlier in the season with jackson arnold on that sideline you can run dylan gabriel as much as you please now we've gotten late in the season now it couldn't be more true than it was previously right because Jackson Arnold has been in the system now. He's gotten a little bit of playing time. His receivers that he would be in there with have some more playing time. Like, everything that was true preseason has become even truer now. So I say Dylan Gabriel specifically for those
0: reasons. Well, and you're talking about DG running the ball. Um, This is a must-win situation, dude. I I don't know if there's any other way to say it. It's must-win to keep your playoff hopes alive, title hopes alive. Maybe even your Big 12 championship hopes alive. Like, your season kind of rides on this game right here. You, you don't want them to have scoreboard on the other side. Like, it, this game is too important for Dylan Gabriel not to be a factor in the run game. And not only that, Travis, like we've seen, this offense needs Dylan Gabriel to be active in the run game. So, for multiple reasons, he's going to have to be a threat in the run game. That's just going to have to be the case. It's not, maybe yeah. it's not ideal. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't care. Like, He's going to have to run, and I think he will run on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing with me is I don't particularly care how the sausage gets made. I just care that, that it does. And I just think that the best way for it to happen, the most likely way for us to have a big day on the ground, is if number eight, you know, picks up some big-time third downs. Because, I mean, yeah, OSU stacks the box a lot, but they also – they play a lot of man, right? So, like, the classic, uh, you know, quarterback gets loose moment is when you run a bunch of receivers deep and all, the, all their help has their back turned and safeties have their backs turned trying to pay attention to what the wide receiver. And then the quarterback looks up and all of a sudden there's nobody between him and 20 yards. And he just takes off. So, hopefully we see some of that. But, yeah, Dylan's just got to run confident, play confident. You can't let last week uh, get in your head.
0: Sean says if Stutzman can't go, you just move Gavin Freeman to linebacker. Problem solved.
1: Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Four
0: oh two, I like this one. Uh I think with this game with Ollie Gordon running, I believe that Deson McCullough will have his best game as a sooner. I got a lot of confidence in Desan McCullough right now, and I definitely have a lot of confidence in Deson McCullough against the run. That that dude's a beast, man. He's a he's a playmaker, and I and I think that's where You know, you kind of look at some of these guys and
1: whether they're having to switch positions, whether they're having to switch sports. You know, you get that in recruiting classes where, you know, a a particular body type worked one way in high school and maybe it's going to work differently in college. Like, yeah, DeSong McCullough's had to change, but, like, his changes have not affected the fact that the dude's still just a football player. He's going to go make plays, and he actually made some great ones against Kansas. So, um, I think he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. I don't think he's going to have the issues of having to guard uh, downfield on a tight end like Mason Fairchild at KU might have uh, given you. But, yeah, I think he's going to be big. I mean, him personally, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see him personally tackle Ollie Gordon, you know, five, six times.
0: Big Rick in Owasso. Gundy isn't stupid. He knows we're going to key on Ollie Gordon, so he's going to throw it all over the place. I <laughs> Big Rick, let's go, go man. It. I, I Sweet. Go for it. He may not be stupid, but that would be a pretty stupid game plan at this point to not give it to the best running back in college football. If he'd like to throw it around with the uh, against the defense that has more sacks than anyone else in Big 12 play and the most interceptions than anyone else in Big 12 play, by all means, please. I welcome that. Yeah, that,
1: yeah I mean, yeah, there's they're certainly uh, you want to do what the other team maybe doesn't expect, but – I mean, we're sitting here saying, get the ball to Nick Anderson and get the ball, hey, you know what, Tyler, you know what they wouldn't expect? Throw the ball to Blake Smith all game. Let's do that. Like, at a certain point, they expect you to do it because that's that's the best part of your team. So, yeah, Ollie Gordon's going to get the ball a ton, and he should because he's really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, he is on a four-game heater right now, just like uh, Oklahoma State is, and Kind of like their team, he's gotten better and better. Like, the numbers have gotten better and better ever since that Kansas State game. Like, he's just just gotten better here over the course of the past month. And he didn't have as many yards last week uh, against Cincinnati than he did against UCF, but he had less carries. here's Here's his last four weeks, Travis. 21 for 136 and a touchdown against Kansas State. 29 for 168 in a touchdown against Kansas. 29 carries for 282 and four touchdowns against West Virginia. Jeez. And then 24 carries for 271 and two touchdowns against Cincinnati. So he's really heated up the past two weeks.
1: Yeah. And he's good, yeah, man. he has. He has. But it, 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 it's going to be one of – like I said, I mean, Brent Venables has a whole week to say – Look, i got to stop one guy because I think, I mean, you say OSU's been on a run for four games. It is directly because of Ollie Gordon. Let's not get it twisted. Accurate, so, yep. I mean, when, when Brent Venables has a little bit of time and he knows what you want to do, you know, he's not unlike, uh, almost like, Belichickian when it comes to, all right, give me some time to prepare for this guy. I'll have something cooked up for him.
0: Sergeant Crispin says, Mike Gundy is stupid. What's that listener talking about? Uh, Beezer said this game is on Dylan Gabriel. He's got to make some things happen in the passing game. There are plays to be made. He needs to make some big-time throws, and uh, I think that we would all agree on that one. Travis is at Andy B's in Tulsa. What's going on up there at Andy B's? Man, I've been talking about it for, uh, for weeks up here.
1: That Oklahoma City location opening up at 11917 North Pennsylvania Ave. That's happening this Friday. Tyler it is finally happening so head out there this weekend a little Friday since Stillwater is such a short drive over for the game you can hang out Friday head up to the game Saturday come back uh, check it ASO. best exotic drink for the original swirl the best patio dining for our beautifully landscaped patio come see the town tavern OU football scoreboards dating back to 1947 we'll see you at the Mont on the corner of Boyd and Classen or call us at 329-3330
0: I really think we need to call a plumber. No, we're close. I can feel it. Come on. Come on. Uh, uh uh-oh. Well, you did it this time. I'm calling Norman Air. The AC guys? Yeah, they do plumbing, too.
1: Visit NormanAir.com for all your heating, air, plumbing, and electrical needs. Norman Air. Service to the max. Hey, hey, I I think I fixed it. No, no, false alarm. Didn't fix it.
0: It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. OU comes in this week as the number nine team in the inaugural college football playoff rankings for this season. And I didn't see a ton of this last night. I, I didn't see a ton of OU fans upset that OU was ranked nine and Texas was ranked seven and OU beat Texas. Why wouldn't OU be ranked in, in front of UT? I didn't see a ton of that. Honestly, Travis, I don't really care. Like, these rankings are essentially meant for entertainment at this point. And really, the reality is this OU's the number nine team. They take care of business the rest of the way, which is going to be enough of a challenge, right? They take care of business the rest of the way. They're going to be in a good spot to make the college football playoffs. So, the whole rank behind Texas and Alabama thing. Whatever the committee said that the the way that OU's played the past two weeks is the reason why. Oh, okay, fine. We'll 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 let this thing play out, and if you keep winning, you'll you'll be where you need to be. I think I think it's that simple.
1: Yeah, and and kind of some of the discourse around it, Tyler, has been slightly annoying, and maybe annoying is the uh, the wrong word for it. But you know, when OU fans say, "Well, you know, we beat Texas, shouldn't we be ahead of them?" Yeah, uh, yeah. We should, and then Texas fans come back and say, well, you lost to Kansas. Well, then the argument is, well, if it's just about who you beat, OU and Texas are two one lost teams. So then theoretically, OU should be ahead. And all that conversation, Tyler, is just don't lose to Kansas, and you don't have to worry about this. Well, like,
0: if, if this is the last, if this is selection Sunday, and the final playoff spot is between OU and Texas, and OU beat Texas head to head, and let's just say theoretically that they didn't. Match again in the Big 12 Championship. W- w- whatever, just for argument's sake. Like, if last night was the day, the day we're really deciding who gets in the playoff, and then OU's ranked behind Texas, we got a problem. But on October 31st in the first set of rankings, okay, whatever, whatever. I, if right. nothing else, no, I just play him again. It's it's not a huge deal to me. I
1: agree. It's OU has the opportunity to get two more ranked wins. I think an OU team that wins a conference championship, is a one-loss conference champion. Obviously, there's some other stuff that has to happen. But in the past, that's usually been enough. Now, um, if you beat, you know, a Kansas State, you know, if they they end up beating Texas this weekend, get an inside track, and it ends up being OU Kansas State, like a lot of us said preseason, then that would be a good win. If they go out and beat Texas this week, they'll shoot up the rankings. I mean, you're going to have a resume – alongside some of the others and Tyler what they've said in the past that being the committee was they they kind of struggled with the way that Oklahoma had played football right I mean that's where we had struggled in the past they said well that defense it doesn't really seem like a complete team well now not only do we have the OU logo walking into the room but a team that is maybe not elite defensively but has dramatically improved on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that's something the committee will pay attention to.
0: Greg from Lawton says, number nine is the perfect spot. OU controls its own destiny. Can't ask for more than that after a loss. Um, I, I still feel like OU controls its own destiny. I think maybe there's even some teams behind OU at number nine that could control their own destiny as well, potentially. Zane says, if we're better than Texas, then we need to play better than Texas. Eric in Illinois says, I'll be honest, this is the first time the playoff rankings came out and I felt like the committee was giving OU a little too much love based on recent play. I expected 11-14. to 14. I thought OU would be 10 last night, so a little like Eric. I was surprised when 11 popped up, no OU. 10 popped up, no OU. And then there's OU sitting at number 9. I, I, I thought that they would be right at number 10. So that was a pleasant surprise, I guess. Yeah, I mean,
1: when I saw us 10 in the AP poll, it's interesting, right, because you have to – there's a fine line or there's a fence that you find voters on the side of is do they consider Kansas the Kansas of old or do they consider Kansas the ranked Kansas that they are? You know what I mean? Because, you know, when we say, oh, God, Kansas, we see it as the team that – we haven't lost to since 1997. We see it as the team that has had some of the worst Power 5, you know, stretches in the country. We see it as that. I think it's clear that the committee, and especially a lot of AP voters, see Kansas as a team that, look, they're right there. They're playing at home in a in a crazy weather game with delays, this, that, and the other, and it came down to the last possession, and Kansas is a good football team. I don't think you can have OU fans say like Kansas is a good football team. I think that's tough for them to say. Yeah.
0: Had uh you, did you or I say that on the post game show on Saturday? I don't did, did we utter those words? I'm not sure that ever got <laughs> I don't It should have. A lot of words I, were said by a lot of people on Saturday.
1: I'll tell you what, it should have if it wasn't, but just based on some of the thoughts not only on the post game show but since then, I mean people are saying, "God, this team is trash. This team is garbage. I can't believe they lost to Kansas. This isn't. This hasn't happened since I was in grade school. Okay, well, I mean, what happened when you're in grade school has nothing to do with what's happening in the here and now. The here and now is that Kansas is a ranked football team, and that is what it is. Kansas is good this year, and we've got to be okay with that.
0: Let, let me ask you this. In, in terms of OU's chances to make the playoff, not in terms of will they actually win the games necessary to get there, But based on how you felt yesterday to today, do you feel any different at all about one loss OU getting to the college football playoff? Because I'm just wondering if the committee, at least maybe this week, and again, I'll go back to my own words. I recognize that the rankings at this point don't necessarily matter, but Oklahoma State is ranked, so there's a ranked win potentially for you. That wasn't the case in the AP. Kansas is ranked inside the top 25. Kansas State is ranked inside the top 25. You could potentially play them in the Big 12 championship game. Like, with the way that the rankings came out last night, do you feel any differently, better, worse, about OU's chances if they're a one-loss team?
1: I, I feel better. I think everything broke the way you needed it to break, Tyler. I mean, OSU being ranked, obviously, boom, gives you an opportunity to another ranked win. I think Kansas being ranked, obviously helps you, and your loss doesn't look that bad because it's amazing. When you're unranked, college football fans don't know whether you're the 26th best team or the 120th best team. But once you have that little number next to your name, you get a lot more respect. Changes everything, man. Changes everything. So when you look on the resume and say, okay, they've got a top ten win, and their loss was on the road, conference opponent, crazy weather, and uh, they did it against a ranked opponent. You know, I, I think you get a little love in that. And then Kansas State, obviously being ranked, is great because you have an opportunity to to play them again the way the, the you know the way the schedules work out. So I think the three things really broke. If you want to count where OU is ranked as a fourth thing, I think where OU, KU, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State are all worked out beautifully for the Sooners.
0: Drew wants to know by the time Bedlam starts, will Jimbo Fisher be five and four or six and three? Or are they at Ole Miss this week? I'll say that Jimbo Fisher is uh five and four and not six and three. That's that's my guess.
1: Yeah, do you feel like it's just a matter it's like Do you think no matter what happens the rest of the season they just kinda bite the bullet and, and pay that? Or do you think that there, do you think there's another round of fall guys? Do you think that you can say, Hey, look, it's actually Bobby Petrino's fault. I think it's pretty
0: obvious there it's Jimbo Fisher is the main problem. And oh, for sure. For, but it for, was obvi-
1: it's was obvious. it been obvious to us for a while yeah. that he's been the problem. And it hasn't changed anything. So
0: I, I, I guess here's where I've gotten to on the whole Jimbo getting fired buyout situation. It's, oh my gosh, how can they spend 70 plus million dollars to fire him? Well, if they don't do it this year, Travis, guess what? They're going to do it next year. And I don't know what the buyout goes down to. It's probably still going to be north of $50 million. So at this point, it doesn't really matter when they fire Jimbo Fisher. It's going to happen the next year, two, three anyway. And the buyout number is still going to be ridiculous. So I'm starting to think that if they collapse down the stretch, then they'll just say, it's going to happen sooner or later. Let's just get ahead of it. We'll just pay him that ridiculous buyout.
1: Right. I mean, Tyler, this is akin to gas being $4.50 a gallon and it dropping to four dollars and thirty cents. The next, like, you know, it's like sure it drops, but it, it you gotta you gotta fill the tank, man. Like it's it, you're you're gonna have to write those checks. I mean, there it, at no point Tyler does it become a bargain or a good financial decision, right? To <laughs> to write that check, but somebody's gonna have to do it.
0: Somebody's gonna have to do it, and I think somebody will do it at some point. All right, we'll get to more OU football, more Bedlam coming up next, right here on the Ref. Football, you love it. We love it. You live it. We live it. You need it. We got it. Nobody covers college football better. The Rush, right here on The Ref Sports Radio Network. Welcome to the best casino in OKC. Play with your Cavens Group, bringing you the hour of the rush. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, give Cavens a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. That's Cavens Group, 405-573-3048, 405-573-3048, or CavensGroup.com. The new Big 12 in 2024, they released their football schedule for 24, 25, 26, and 27. And they only have four rivalries, Travis, that they really made an effort to play every single year. Arizona and Arizona State, BYU and Utah, the Holy War, Baylor and TCU, and KU and Kansas State. There's the only four rivalries they said, yeah, we got to preserve these year in and year out. I, so I, I I guess the Holy War, BYU and Utah, unless Kansas continues to make a rise, K-State continues to do some nice things. But I guess the Holy War is the, the best rivalry the Big 12 has going here, moving forward on a year-in, year-out basis. Yeah, I think that That is the was a sunflower showdown.
1: Right. I think a lot of OSU and Tech fans thought to themselves, we're the new big rivalry, right? Didn't they call it the Dust Bowl or something like that? Uh, um, maybe. I don't know. But... Um, I I I think I like the BYU Utah game because the Holy War is such a cool name, uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, you know, when looking at these schedules, Tyler, all the uh, the hateful eight, as they were uh, known, as the eight remaining schools, the legacy schools, if you will, like they just look dumb. Like they continue, like they're like, oh, back. Our our next conference is going to be so good. This, that, and the other. All right. Well, there's two top ten teams. In the college football playoff rankings, they're both leaving you, and you roll this schedule out there and say, "But look at all these great rivalries! What? What great? What? What great rivalry? Arizona, Arizona
0: State, BYU, Utah, Baylor, TCU, and Kansas, Kansas State. Yeah, the four the, best rivalries best. right now, or the rivalries that they thought were the most valuable to the league at this point. The best rivalry might be uh, Colorado versus locker room security. Hmm. Not playing at the Rose Bowl anytime soon, huh? That's the
1: case. Well, the, the same thing happened to Jackson State. Like I I mean I I think this kind of thing feels like an inside job to me personally, but oh,
0: there's there's the next development to the Colorado story. If this was an inside job at the Rose Bowl, Cherokee sooner says we need a space rivalry between UCF and Houston. Call it Star Wars. Oh, that, I like that. That's the outside the Holy War that'd be the coolest name for a rivalry in the conference, wouldn't it? Heck oh, yeah. Oh, that
1: would that would be awesome. That is a great
0: text. That is well he's a Cherokee Sooner's a five star texter. Yeah. We we've well, got yeah. several, but you know. Hey, we've had five surprised. stars
1: not perform like five stars though. And uh, <sighs> that five star that's a that's a Peyton Bowen type right there. That's true.
0: Hour two of the rush coming up next.